Welcome to Heinously Uninformed. Where we recap the latest episode of the final season of Game of Thrones. I'm Caroline, and I stopped watching after the Red Wedding, and I have no idea what's going on. And I'm Albert, and I've watched every single episode. Well, guys, last week I said this was the finale of normal episodes, and now this week was the actual finale of the whole thing, the entire series, the finale of Game of Thrones. It is over. It is done. It has happened. What happened? I don't know. There is so much that I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't know what's going on. Please, Albert, tell me. Caroline, the finale, of, the series finale of Game of Thrones has just happened. A lot of things, uh, a very dense episode with a lot of sort of uh, placing our final characters on the board for the last time, giving them a lot of titles that I'm going to have trouble explaining to you because yeah. there's so much. There's so much. So many promotions. Mm-hmm. So many. Demotions. Yeah. People maybe. moving out to go to college. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. Yeah. I need help. How do you, well, before we dive deep into this final episode of Game of Thrones. I'm curious, what uh, what did you piece together from this episode? How do you feel? Um, okay, and I feel like I might feel like this because I didn't go on the full journey, but it feels very anticlimactic <laughs> okay. for me. Um, I feel like uh, there was like, I say this because I've only watched now four seasons, but not four sequential seasons. There wasn't enough build. Um, but maybe if I watched every <laughs> season, I would have. It feels like there should be at Lord, least a few was, more seasons yeah, before There wasn't enough stuff. to the story. I didn't feel like there was enough to the story. It, maybe I should watch the whole show and then I would not feel that. Uh, I'm, I, I, I don't know. I feel like um, there were certain things that happened too quickly. There were certain things that didn't happen slowly enough. I feel like there were certain things that like they happened and I was like, I don't know why that needed to happen. I, I just felt like the, mm, I just feel unfulfilled. Sure. I agree with you. Um, this episode, you know, echoes a lot of the same issues that the entire season and a half have been sort of been plagued by without having, uh, you know, source material to build their TV show off of. With that said, though, looking back at Game of Thrones in its entirety, thinking about all the seasons, not only the ones you watch, this episode was, I agree, kind of disappointing. Okay, so I'm not alone. But I'm not I'm not disregarding the entire legacy of Game of Thrones. I feel like there have been some of the most incredible TV moments. Probably one of the greatest TV shows ever made. However, the ending was botched a little bit messy mm-hmm. a, a very rushed but we're here here we are nonetheless yep right right here <laughs> is where we are caroline uh-huh are you okay i don't know i mean yeah i'm 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 totally fine because i honestly like i'm feeling unfulfilled but i also don't have 
how many years has this show been on? I know it's eight seasons, but like... Probably about nine to ten years. Yeah, like I don't have nine to ten years of my life dumped into this show. <laughs> dumped? Wow. That's what you think people have been doing? Dumping their lives into this TV show? <laughs> it's just a time dump. Uh, no, I just don't have like the same attachment. So I'm going to wake up tomorrow feeling fine. I don't feel like I'm... I'm not going to need to like talk it out with a bunch of people to try to like understand it and get other people's perspectives like i'm feeling like pretty good just about the way that i feel about it i do need some things explained to me because there's a few things that i don't get but i don't feel i feel fine like i feel unfulfilled but i feel fine yeah i mean game of thrones uh you know i have a pretty uh nerdy adoration of star wars you you put me in front of any star wars movie i will find ways to enjoy it regardless of the debatable quality of the movie game of thrones doesn't have that same spot in my heart partially because it's always just been a very powerful tv show it hasn't been like a nerdy like fantasy thing that for me so i i can see where you're coming from but i'm i want you to do your best to try to connect with your season one through three caroline i don't want to connect with her you don't want me to connect with her either where were you during seasons one through three when you were watching it i was living in a tiny apartment and it was always really hot when we were trying to watch the show. No, so I'm always a little miserable just from the get. But how was your viewing experience? How well, was the show then compared to now? I mean, immediately put off because it was too... I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you were immediately put off? No, no, no. Um, it You're was, in the thick of the golden age I of know, Game of Thrones. I know. I think... Well, the problem was... And I mentioned this before. Like, I wanted to like the show... And I had watched other like sort of like pretty violent shows before this. Like I, I watched uh, Spartacus before I tried watching Game of Thrones, which has a, a good amount of violence in it. It's very campy in its display of violence, but I have like an appreciation for that because it wasn't as like kind of like realistic the way that the violence is in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's what caught me off guard when I was watching the show is people talked about how like violent it was and how sort of like aggressive it was just with the the disregard for like sort of the characters um like they just would kill people and like people told me that before i watched it and then when i settled in to watch it even with that information uh it was still hard for me to watch because it was just like i didn't know if i should care about someone if i should care about their storyline if i should pay attention to it because it could end at any moment which it always did so i i went in prepared for that and then i still uh was disappointed when characters died because i liked them well the first season you don't really know that characters are going to get lost like it the the season one takes a pretty sharp turn with our supposed main character right the lead character being getting beheaded yeah but before that you definitely fell in love with those characters and those are characters you see complete their journeys in this final episode i mean yes um i guess it's also been so long since i've watched the first episode because i watched it whenever season four came out that's when i watched like i was trying to watch the first three seasons so that i could watch the fourth season as it aired so it's been a very long time since i've seen the first episode mm-hmm. i have not been i've never re-watched any of it i know there are, i know so many people that have re-watched episodes over and over Mm-hmm. Guilty. Yes. Um, I do remember like being super caught off guard when Ned 
it was Ned, right? Yes. Okay, when Ned was killed. Um, but I, yeah, like I, I went in knowing that people were going to die. Got but then it. I didn't know that like Ned was going to die. And then I was like, okay, so anybody's at Got risk. Got it. So you had this like, like uh, this feeling of anxiety sort of following you around as you watch the show because you had been braced by others to yeah. be careful about getting too... Uh, I guess involved with a character yeah and I'm already anxious enough and now I can't <laughs> even like watch this show to relax you can't re- watch oh, this, this is show not to a rel- relaxing no show. but I don't think it's a nihilistic show either I think in a way combats a lot of the tropes of fantasies but also imbues it with the same sort of hopeful quality that the those like I guess like Lancelot and like King Arthur type of knight like depictions of medieval fantasy right um, well, that's what the covers depict on them, too, of the yeah, books. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They do seem like just typical medieval fare, but I think it does a really interesting thing of playing with those so those expectations of medieval, medieval fantasy. But also, the TV show is able to uh, fully realize what makes those books so special, and it's the characters. And that's what really drew me to the show, sort of seeing all these like themes of family, of power... What love over duty, which is something that's revisited in this final episode. And for me, that's what really connected me to the show, sort of seeing all these characters uh, develop relationships with each other and with the world, the greater world around them. I guess because I obviously didn't watch the majority of the show, um, there's like part of me that can understand like the watching of like the stories unfold, the connecting Um, But I go back to how I felt when these characters were like so aggressively sort of killed off at the beginning of the series. And I feel like that wasn't carried through to this last episode. I think a lot of characters were spared almost anticlimactically, if that's a way that I could describe it. Yeah, I think you can describe it that way. Because we were waiting for certain characters to die. And maybe because we were like thinking we? they were. Maybe, maybe speak for yourself. Okay. No, no. we You you said several times, Tyrion's going to die. I know Tyrion's going to die. I, th- that was just me speaking my insecurities out loud. Oh, okay. Because like, Tyrion's my favorite character, well, as I've I, said before. I was convinced he was going to die too. And the fact that he didn't, I was kind of like, mm, I don't know. I think the show would have been better if he had died. Well, halfway through, I... I piece together that the only way Bronn will get his payoff is if one of the existing Lannister brothers are alive by the end of the series. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, Tyrion is the survivor and that is able is. to grant Bronn his reward. Uh-huh. So that was sort of deflated for me halfway through the episode where I considered him like, oh, well, Tyrion can't die because then Bronn can't enter the picture and have his like final shot moment. Every time you say Bran, I think you're mispronouncing Bran. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, Bran always wanted to be king. So in order for Bran to be king, one of the t- one of the Lannister brothers, and I was like, Jamie wouldn't make Bran king. Also, Bran didn't want to be king. So yeah. what the fuck? And then you're saying Bran, and then I'm remembering Correct. everything. Yeah. Well, everything from this season, which yeah. is not very much with him. Yeah. But I think I think if you were to watch this episode without the context of Game of Thrones, like the previous seasons. Then I think it plays out, I think, a lot more. I don't want to say cliche or um, what's the word I'm looking for. Typically, the way that that a lot of shows would, where they're like, everything fits together quite nicely. Yeah. I think, it. I think yeah, everything was tied up a little too nicely for me. I, I, f- I feel, yeah, I feel the same way. And I, I think a large, but... 
I think it's mostly to blame on the running time. I think if uh, if these moments were allowed to breathe in really interesting ways, then I feel like this would be a pretty fitting end to the show. It just doesn't feel earned. Or, I don't know, maybe that's not the right word to say. It just feels quick. And it doesn't... A lot of the things that are supposed to emotionally impact you just fall a little by the wayside because you haven't had the time developing to these ideas that the show wants to leave you off with. Yeah. Because I think the ending of the, the, the series is a bit hopeful. It's sort of giving you this this visage of a, a, a new world order that is democratically built and fair and just. But not really democratically built because yeah, that's we'll a get, we'll, stupid idea. <laughs> we'll get into that. That's really stupid. But yeah. What, everyone gets a vote? I get, yeah. That's insane. <laughs> Well, I do have a, one question for you. Okay. Tyrion says, ask me in 10 years in this episode to Jon Snow when he's asking him if he's done the right thing. I'm curious, how do you see Game of Thrones in 10 years as an audience member who watched the final season and a little bit of the first few seasons? The way that I understand sort of like the culture of like everybody wants to be king, right? Um, Bran is wheelchair bound. I just feel like someone's going to come in and stab him at some point. Like, I just feel <laughs> like I feel like he wouldn't be king for very long. Whoa, you're thinking about this through the perspective of someone in Game of Thrones. I was asking you as an audience member. Oh. <laughs> I'm not asking gonna you say, what's going like, to happen in the story like, of Game no, of Thrones like, in like, 10 It's not going to work out the way that they wanted <laughs> it to. That's so brutal, someone's Caroline. Someone's going to stab him. I was asking you, like, in 10 years, how do you think you'll respond to Game of Thrones? Or how do you think the, oh. the world, what is the legacy of Game of Thrones oh. outside of the TV show? Wow. Not, not, yeah. Um, I guess my first opinion is that everyone will age 10 years because yeah. 10 years would have passed. 10 years would have passed. Uh, the legacy, 10 years. What You mean like what people will think of Game of Thrones 10 yeah, years what, from what, now? Yeah, what, what, what do you think is the lasting appeal or legacy of Game of Thrones? I do think, uh, and it's been mentioned to me, I've had conversations about it, just the way that they have structured um, the permanence of characters. Uh, I think shows will be more open to sort of killing off leads uh, and not after they've had some horrible media frenzy, uh, you know, in real life. I think that... You're referring to Kevin Spacey's character in Yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that um, having characters not even just, like, be killed, but leaving a show abruptly, taking a turn, I think that... that Maybe there's a possibility that shows will become less dependent on on like the staying lead and and having something exciting happen instead, uh, and that that could help. I don't know, keep viewers in and, and interested because they're like, wait, this person's not in it. Where is the show going to go without them? And then yeah. it goes somewhere maybe cool or maybe it sucks. Yeah, personally, I feel that Game of Thrones will still be sort of one of the hallmarks uh, of when we reference the golden age of TV, Game of Thrones is definitely in the pantheon of some of the greatest television ever made. However, this ending will definitely be a sour taste in the years. Like this is such a notorious ending, uh, such a critically reviled. And I guess like for most people's reactions on Twitter and I guess on social media and in real life. People are not happy right now. Yeah. And I think that it will also be uh, sort of uh, tainting the legacy of Game of Thrones as we move on 
with new TV shows. Yeah, so let's just get into it, right? Yeah, let's dive in for the last time into the world of Westeros. Season 8, Episode 6, The Iron Throne, Mm -hmm. the series finale. The series finale. Let's recap. In the name of the one true queen, Daenerys Targaryen, I sentence you to die. So we open up on Tyrion, standing just covered in ash. Everything's smoldering around him. It's quiet. There's people behind him, following him. Um, And he's just passing bodies. He sees children. A man walks by and his skin's like pretty much just melted off of him. So at the the heel of the previous episode, I was really curious to see how much time would have, you know, transpired since the aftermath of Daenerys' sort of reign of terror. Mm -hmm. And it seems like we're jumping straight into... We pick up immediately. Immediately after the ashes have settled and the fires have embered out with Tyrion walking through and sort of seeing the carnage. Yes. um, Tyrion and Jon encounter each other. Tyrion says, you know, I'll find you later. Jon offers to send men with him. It's not safe. And Tyrion says, no, like, I'll be okay. Yeah, I think Jon's... And I think Tyrion is, everyone's afraid at this point of sort of the fury of Daenerys. The fear is palpable in their eyes and Tyrion departs to go, what is he doing? He's, it's, he's going to look for Daenerys. Is that his plan? I literally don't know. Like when he's like, I'll go alone. Yeah. I think he's going to look for Daenerys. Okay. But I think there's also this impression that he knows he's in hot doo-doo because he shit. he let jamie out right i was trying to figure out like is he going to look for her is he going to look for jamie is he like running away he wouldn't but is he no yeah i think it was pretty clear that he was just gonna go find jamie to what extent and to accomplish what unclear but Right. Like I was thinking, oh, he's just going to go check to see if that dinghy is gone because they went on a dinghy. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a good point. I thought he was going to look for that as well. Right. Like I thought he was going to go and then see Euron just fucking bled out. Yeah. But we don't go there. Yeah. It, it also seems that the brutalities have not stopped. Uh, John is walking towards Grey Worm, who has a few Lannister soldiers sort of bent down, ready for execution and John and Davos are trying to reason with Grey Worm, like, what are you doing? It's over. Yeah, like, why are you still trying to kill people yeah. when there's, like, no reason for it? I know. I was like, this is really unnecessary. Yeah. They were, they are already terrified. Everybody else is already dead. They're actually probably, they would be probably okay with you killing them. Yeah. And John sort of asked, like, what were the queen's demands? Because Grey Worm's just like, I'm doing this because the queen said so. It's like, what exactly did she say? And my big issue with this episode is you never really get a concrete idea of what was going on through Daenerys' head. Her motivations as to, or like the reasoning behind her turn into, I guess, genocidal maniac. Well, I could understand maybe the mindset that Grey Worm would have for killing these people in particular. They're not civilians. They are soldiers. Mm-hmm. So I could see him saying, you know, they they were the, the enemy side or whatever. It's not like it was like men, women, children that were just on the street. It was technically the opposing side. Yeah. But... Granted, the opposing side had technically... Given up. Given up. Surrendered. They had surrendered. No mercy. Mercy is showing no mercy in Daenerys' eyes, which is silly. And 
I don't know if I agree with that, but we'll get into that when we find Daenerys. Right. I feel like she has, like, maybe less than a paragraph of dialogue in this episode. Honestly, well, Daenerys does have an entire paragraph. She has a whole fucking speech. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess I just tuned out for that. Don't worry. Um, I think a lot of us did. I'm really happy. Well, actually, I'm not really happy about what happens next because it's pretty dark and sad. But I'm happy to prove you wrong you have this running theory i literally told everybody i was like they're gonna someone's hand is gonna pop out of the rubble and i wasn't wrong that the hand was visible in the rubble you thought both jamie and cersei survived using what technique what was it the triangle of life did you guys do your research i hope everyone did their research i hope everybody's informed not heinously uninformed but informed earthquake protocol (laughs) that you're able to sort of and I'll bend over some like three points of contact. Yeah, so you, the- you push yourself against something sturdy and then whatever falls will create a triangle of life. Now, did that work for, for Jamie and Cersei? No, but they, they were standing in the middle of the no, room. No, I couldn't hear you. Did that, <laughs> did that work for Jamie and Cersei? Well, did- they did it wrong. <laughs> if they had listened to my advice, yeah. if they had stood against the wall better chance you think so oh for sure. honestly if they hid inside that dragon skull which seemed to be completely that's not what broken, i'm saying yeah they would have been fine but guys also don't hide under a table really no oh my god because if something falls on the table the legs will knock out and then it will crush, crush you, you flat so that's why you go next to something so it falls around you oh so good to know yeah by the Thanks. way Anyway, no, they didn't survive because they didn't find the triangle of life, but the yeah. hand was sticking out of the rubble. Yeah. So I was half right. Okay, well, give me that. Disregarding our silly theories about how they would have survived or not, this thing, this his reaction seeing his siblings dead in the rubble really got to me. Uh, I mean, not as much as I would like to have because the circumstances for why Jamie was there were silly. Like he wanted to die with Cersei, which I couldn't really buy after seeing him grow and develop into the new Jamie. Right. And the relationship that he had sort of built with Brienne. Yeah. Not even just the romance, but just the friendship yes. and the, the loyalty. Yeah. Not only with Brienne, but with like the people of the North, like people basically accepted him because he fought for the living versus the dead. He did something pretty brave. Yeah. Yeah. So, Despite all that, Tyrion's Tyrion's reaction really got to me. Tyrion's my favorite character. Um, so sort of seeing him lose his final family members, honestly. Like, yeah, I think that was what what got me, was it is his final family members. Like, that's it for him. Yeah, which is a pretty uh, interesting, um, I guess, contrast. Like, if you think of the Lannisters in season one, they're on top of the world. The entire family's together at King's Landing. Right, you got Jamie, Cersei, Joffrey, all her children, Tywin. Tywin, Tyrion. Now the sole Lannister is here while the Starks seem to have been flourishing, which didn't seem the case in season one with all the Starks entering war. And I still say that they're hardly flourishing because there's only okay. like, what, three of them left or something? Well, one of them wants to go study abroad, which them seemed left. really cool. <laughs> yeah. There's not very many. Yeah. Um, then we, we cut outside... We see the armies of the Dothraki and the Unsullied. The Dothraki are celebrating. The Unsullied are standing at guard as they normally do. And we sort of see Jon's horrified face 
look upon all this stuff as he approaches Danny at the top of the staircase of King's Landing. Arya is also sort of witnessing this from the from her viewpoint behind the soldiers. And if you remember the previous episode, she just went through hell to survive this. Yeah, no, I commented. I was like, why is she not fucking dirtier? Like, she doesn't have any ash on her face, but she still has blood on her face. And you're like, I think it's been a few days. Yeah, I don't think it's been a few days, actually. I think it's been like... (laughs) Maybe like an hour or two. Right, so I'm like, because when we literally see her, she's so covered in dust that when she like opens her eyes, it's like in her eyelashes. Well, maybe they wiped it. (laughs) You you don't... Wouldn't you wipe... Who is they and with what? Everything (laughs) is burned. You don't think Arya would have wiped it with like a towel or something? But here... Towels exist. I mean, no, towels exist. Everything was burned. She's still actively... I can't believe this is what's... She's <laughs> what still you're actively ha- bleeding. You're going to get hung up on this? Yeah. She wiped off dead people's ashes. And you're you're like, why would she do that? I don't get... No, but we don't see her do that. Not that we need to. It doesn't, yeah. I don't need a scene dedicated to... But well, I, you're curious. You're like, where's Arya's horse? I'm like, that's not her horse. That's just a horse that she like, got on. But the horse was so important at the end of that last episode... So I was like, she's going to roll up. This is maybe going to be her horse for life where she's like, I know he's not really? the strongest. Really? You thought that? I know he's not the fastest. Are you serious? But he was there for me. You genuinely thought this would be her horse for life? No. I thought it was like a symbolic thing. I thought it was symbolic, but I also thought that we would see her on it maybe as she enters this fucking scene where we see her for the first time. <laughs> but no, she's just wa- like she sees everyone else on the horse. So I'm kind of like, what happened to yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, I, I, my big takeaway from doing this podcast with you, Caroline, is it seems like you're more invested in all the animal-like creatures, the wolf, the dragon, the horse, than the actual living characters. Yeah. Which is just something to note. Look, when they said, when they wrote Save the Cat, they fucking knew. <laughs> they knew what they were doing. Okay. They knew it. They knew it. Yeah. Um, John walks up the stairs and finds Danny, who is giving a speech, right? Yep. She's just... <laughs> what is she saying? And what language is she speaking? She's speaking the the Dothraki. And it's not the Dothraki. It's the Dothraki language. Yeah. I don't know what is that. Is there a specific word for... The Dothraki language? Yeah. I'm sure there is. I just don't know what it is. Wow. Wow? Are you going to wow me? Are Hashtag big fan. You called it Dothraki two weeks ago. I did. But I'm also not claiming. I'm just I'm kidding. not claiming. <laughs> I have no claim to the Iron Throne. No. I work in the shadows. Um, she's talking about breaking the wheel. I don't know what that means. I feel like wheels are important. We always talk about it's the best thing since either sliced bread or the invention <laughs> of the wheel. So I don't know why you'd want to break the wheel. Well, she has this sort of uh, iconic uh, exchange with her advisors at the time, which were like Tyrion, Varys, I think some knight, Dario, some characters basically. Her, like, counsel. Missandei was there as well. And she, they're sort of discussing her options on how to ascend the, the the wheel, which is sort of like a metaphor for Game of Thrones power, like ascending the wheel, sort of ascending the, the Iron Throne. It's like the cycle of lineages going in and out of power, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And she sort of punctuated that conversation by saying, I don't want to climb the wheel. I want to break it. And so this has been her theme as a character. She doesn't want to repeat the same things that previous rulers have. She is different. She is a queen with a plan, introducing a new worldview on, on to society. 
That's what that means. Okay. But she doesn't. So, she doesn't do that. She doesn't. She, she doesn't. Really, she is burning the city, she, which is something that her uh, yeah her dad was known for she as the Mad misses, King. She misses the mark by mm, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just I don't understand how she can justify that. I mean, there's a little bit of it saying like. I think Tyrion's like, imagine if you thought by doing all this, you would be creating a better world, right? And I think I listened to some NPR thing about that, where people are, that they're able and capable of committing such monstrous acts in the pursuit of creating a better life, or I guess in the great in the pursuit of greater good. But still, that seems really silly, That considering that they burned a whole city. Yeah, like... I, I feel like, I don't know if I saw in season three, I don't remember where she was at, um, or if I just saw like a meme in the past week where she's like, I'll protect you. No one will be hungry. Everyone will have what they need. And she's like talking to like a child and then she killed everybody. Wow. You're spoiling Game of Thrones for yourself. Well, I'm Someone not... who's only watched seasons one through three and maybe seasons four through seven memes. You're breaking the rules, I know, Caroline. I know. I was just doing a little scroll through Twitter, and I no, came no. Up. But you're right. She she is known as the breaker of change. I mean, like when you introduce her, she has like ten titles. She's like the breaker of change, the mother of dragons. She's done a lot of cool stuff, and specifically in pursuit of saving people. And she's done her best to try to be the best leader, doing the most just things. And to see her where she's at now is really confusing because it doesn't seem that it's been building that. Right. Point. It's it's very far from what she was supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, again, it's not something that is completely ridiculous for her character, but it, the fact that they did it within two episodes just could not get past most viewers. I'm, right. I'm no, assuming. I feel like this is it would have needed not a two episode build. Like, I feel like a, at least a couple more. Maybe a season. Maybe yeah. A this season. is a, an arc that is pretty transformative for a character, something that's so fundamentally core to this person who is altruistically good and trying to serve the people to become this like demigod which is pretty insane i don't think i use that word correctly i don't think you did either is, what is demigod demigod is is a half like a half i meant half to say human. like an evil god oh that's not a demigod <laughs> okay i used that incorrectly uh, i think an evil god is still just a god okay well like a god daenerys taketh and she giveth and she promotes Grey Worm. He's a commander. No, he's not. Okay. He's the master of war. She says, you're a commander. I command you to be the commander. I'm pretty sure she says, I'm going to make you the master of war. I feel like I saw the word commander. Okay, well, hold on. Let me make a note for myself. Albert, insert the clip, the audio of what is actually said. And okay, but she's saying it in... What? Dolthraki. <laughs> You're right, so it's gonna be subtitled. So it's gonna be subtitled. Deremi Rossi stat in Vabatolvio Viho Beoli Darande. And we're back. I guess we're both wrong or right, depending on which dialect of Dothraki you speak. Tyrion emerges from uh, behind Daenerys. The way he walked, I was like, is it gonna happen now? Is oh, he's he gonna his do gonna it. Die? Yeah, no. Or is he going to kill her? I thought maybe he was going to kill her. And I was like, he would, I was like, he's not that dumb. Yeah. But the way that he was walking, 
ominous. Was, yeah, yeah just, like it was ominous, and I was like, something big is gonna happen. And then it was just him like quitting, quitting. I was like, yeah. all right, well, we knew that was gonna happen. I just didn't know if you were gonna kill her along the way. <laughs> really, you thought Tyrion would kill Daenerys? I thought because he was all about protecting. The, now he's understanding that like you have to protect the people more than the person. And that she just really, really, really fucked up to the point like that's unforgivable. So I thought that maybe he's like, I already know that she's going to put me to death. So I may as well kill her to save everybody else. Hmm. Okay. That was what I thought. That I'm like, because he already knew his fate, he may as well just fucking full throttle kill her. Yeah. I mean, the my feeling was that, yeah, the the so the goal for the episode was to sort of sort of uh, dethrone or. I guess, handicap Daenerys so she's no longer committing tremendous acts of violence. I didn't really, it didn't occur to me that murder was on the table. But I mean, it probably wasn't. And I'm just like, oh my God, this show has so many twists and turns. What if he does it? And oh, then, yeah. You know yeah, I mean? I mean, with a show that has a surprising twists and turns. So it's not out of the realm for audiences to be considering everything at all times, right? Because if it's a show that's pulled the chair Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, can't get fooled again. And this is also the finale. So we knew, I think we all knew that Daenerys wasn't going to survive. So I was just kind of like, okay, when's it going to happen? Someone's going to Wow, you're stab pretty, her. so you're pretty certain on Daenerys surviving or yeah. dying. Dying, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, because. See, I wasn't sure. I was keeping a pretty open mind because I just didn't have any idea what, how this, like I was, I remember the thought occurred to me. I'm like, I really have no idea what's going to happen. I no. mean, like that has happened, I guess, in previous seasons. But like this se- season, I'm like, okay, the Battle of Winterfell, the fighting against the Night King, they will win. Like that's just a guarantee. They have to. The Siege of King's Landing, they will win. It's just, that's what's going to happen. But the circumstances surrounding that is a mystery. But this final sort of sequence of events leading to Daenerys' death was really up in the air for me. I was not Sure. I think this is the only way that it would have worked out is if she was either incapacitated or killed. Mm -hmm. There's no plot that carries on with her alive or acting as queen. Yeah. I mean, and and I think that there was too much. There were too many ends to tie up mm -hmm. if she, like, it it wouldn't have happened if she remained in power. Mm, Okay. I mean, I yeah, there there's still an option in which the show could have ended in a very nihilistic way where Daenerys just lays a flame on her enemies and becomes the king of the world. Right. That was always a possibility. I think, was it you that said, I think it's going to end, she's going to light everything on fire, and then we're going to zoom all the way back to Bran. <laughs> Did I say that? Yeah. And oh, he, yeah. And it's just been a, it's just been a dream. <laughs> The way that Bran was saying. I said, like, we zoom out and we're in a snow globe <laughs> that all of Game of Thrones is. Oh, yeah. Snow. But that's just, like, a joke for, like, another famous TV I'm show. I'm pretty sure way. you meant it. No. No, I'm I did I'm pretty sure you're like, I'm no, dead serious no, no, when I say don't, this. Don't make I'm me look like a dumb dumb. I 100% think No, that this, this is going to be on way. the internet forever. <laughs> I'm not a dumb dumb. You're so dumb. I'm not dumb. Okay. But Tyrion quits, who is the real dumb dumb. Right, throws Learning his pen. nothing, yeah. yeah. And then Arya emerges out of nowhere as Daenerys and Tyrion walk away to their fate. Honestly, I mean, I get it. She's a ninja, but it's so weird. The way she, because the way that the camera like panned over, I kind of was like, ugh. 
Like yeah. it was like almost like a jump scare. It was weird. And because John Turner was like, Ugh. like yeah. we had this, John and I had the same reaction. Yeah. In in a comedy, this would be like that reaction, like, oh, my mom's right behind me type of thing. Right. But it wasn't. It was played for uh, seriousness. Uh, Arya's sort of like, you think she won't kill you? Better think twice. Right. That's the exact I know quote. what a killer looks like, yeah. John. We're, that's the line verbatim, both of us, what we both said, right? Yes. Well, I think yours was closer than mine. Yeah, no, mine. Yours was worse I know what a killer looks like. Yeah. I don't know if she said John or not. And that's, that's a killer. And then John goes visits Tyrion in the holding chamber because he is committed for treason. Very treason? serious, yes. And they talk about... This scene goes on for a while. I know. Like, I, I started taking notes, and then I was like, I'm just going to wait to see what it is they talk about. And I literally just say, J and T talk about treason. <laughs> and then Tyrion commends John for always wanting to protect, making the decision that he wants to protect. Yeah. I, I mean, this scene, it just felt like a very uh, superficial reading of what has happened. They're like, clearly John is unwilling and doesn't want to sort of admit the madness that Daenerys is sort of embracing. And Tyrion is like, do the right thing, John. I shouldn't be telling you this. You are the paragon of good on this show. You know what's right. It's weird that me, Tyrion, has done the right thing. Well, Jon Snow references a line from, I think his name is Aemon. Do you know who he's re- he's quoting he when quoted, love is the somebody? death of duty oh oh yeah and Tyrion's like did you? you just come up with that which i i hated that line when he said it because oh. i felt the writer's room writing it <laughs> i literally did you write that when he turned around i was good. like i was like are you acting right now <laughs> Tyrion? are you an actor saying that line yeah or is that the real i felt very rehearsed for a second it, I mean, it was a cheap way to sort of call back Jon Snow's sort of like mentor in the first season. He had a mentor in the first season. I mean, he has a few mentor mentor type figures, but Aemon is a Targaryen who was at the at, at the Night's Watch. He basically gave up his right to the throne because he didn't want to deal with all that stuff. I mean, there's some more complex story behind that in the book. I'm books sure it's and in the show, but he is. He is a Targaryen who was serving the Night's Watch and met Jon Snow. And I guess, I mean, this guy, by all accounts, seems to be a very wise and smart guy. He would have been a great king um, if he didn't, you know, sort of forfeit that right when he became a Night's Watch member. And he's quoting, love is the death of duty, which I guess is implying, making the point that you gotta, you gotta do the opposite what if duty is the death of love basically telling john you have to kill her yeah. you have to kill her you have to do it and you have to do it as soon as possible you just have to do it kill her are yeah. you gonna kill her you have to kill her do it are you gonna kill her do it yeah and i guess i mean that scene ends with john going good luck friend sort of putting his hand on the shoulder the same way sort of Tyrion said goodbye to Varys at his peril so I'm like, oh, okay, Jon Snow's made his decision. He will go for the queen. And we see... Is that what you got from that? Yeah, I wasn't... Because, because it's Tyrion being like, you have to choose. Yeah. You have to choose. But and, I... then, and then he's like, okay. And then I was like... But Jon Snow's like, no, uh, good luck. Bye. Right. And I'm like, okay, I guess Jon Snow doesn't agree. Yeah, that that's what I thought is Jon Snow was like, okay, you're saying this. I'm saying goodbye to you. 
uh, I know that I probably should kill her, but but I can't do it. Yeah. I just can't do it. Yeah. That that was my reading of the scene. Oh, okay. So we're on the same page. Yeah. What did you think I thought? I thought I thought you said John knew that he had to go kill her immediately. Oh, no. Okay. No. I was like, no, he does not know that. <laughs> I think he's going to do it. He's going to see how he feels in the moment. <laughs> yeah. He's very impulsive. He's, he's going to make a snap decision for the first time horoscope? in his life ever. What horoscope sign is he? Is he a... He's probably like a Scorpio. Scorpio? I no way. No, he's definitely not. He's definitely more of a Libra for sure. Yeah, I think so. I don't know anything. Yeah. Daenerys enters the, the throne room. This is something that she's sort of had a vision of in the past. Do you remember a scene where she had a vision of her sort of walking the hall into the Iron Throne where I it was all snowing? It's very black. I don't think I've ever seen that. Ever. She walks up to the Iron Throne, puts her hand on it. Was this in the first three seasons? I, maybe. I don't remember. I don't think so. Otherwise, you'd remember because you have such great memories. I the first three just seasons. remember every ding, ding detail. <laughs> yeah. Every single ding, ding, ding tell. Every single ding, ding detail. So this is sort of a uh, an echo of that moment where she witnessed herself claiming the throne. She never sits on it, which, again, she doesn't I sit on. Literally, whenever when the throne when the throne was being lit up, I was like, she didn't sit on it. Actually, no. When he stabbed her, <laughs> spoiler alert: John stabs her. I was like, she didn't fucking sit on it. She didn't sit on it the way that I, I just got really upset. You for got upset because she couldn't sit on it because she didn't get to sit on it. Like all that fucking work. She touched one hilt one time. Yeah. Bullshit. Well, the so Iron sad. Throne Awful. isn't an Iron Throne. The Iron Throne is in your heart. It is wherever you go. I really disagree. <laughs> okay. So uh, you you spoiled it. Spoiler alert, guys. I'm sorry. I had to skip to the good part but Daenerys is like "Ooh, I made it I'm here I've done it she finally sort of shares a little bit of happiness something that she's sort of not experienced this entire season it's always been just like a lot of grits and glares but now she's like finally triumphant she's happy she's accomplished what she's wanted to set out to do since season one mm-hmm. and it's a pretty cathartic moment of her just seeing this and That's john <laughs> i know john then enters and the way that the shot was set up i was like someone's coming through that hallway oh for sure so i just wasn't even looking at her enjoying the throne i just kept watching because i was like someone's gonna step out it's gonna be john and he's gonna kill her yeah john. and then he does but he doesn't do it that quickly well the the interesting thing is john lies to daenerys if you remember john is again a paragon of good no nonsense does what's right for the people and he straight up lies to Daenerys. I think that's, I mean, aside from the sword through the gut, the bigger grievance is Jon Snow is lying to Daenerys to lure her in to get closer and closer. And his final line is like, anything for my queen or something like that, right? Yeah. And he plunges the sword into her. Just sticks her. I The way that sort of unfolds, I'm like, wait. Did John just get stabbed or did Daenerys just get stabbed? I wasn't sure either. She's like reminiscing. When I was a child, my brother told me it was a thousand swords and I couldn't count to 20. And she's like, like you were saying, she's like so excited and th- talking about how they're going to be together. You know, you were you were a bastard and I, I couldn't count to 20. And now here we are. Yeah, to be fair, it doesn't look like a thousand swords. Right? To be completely it fair. It looks like 20. It looks like, yeah, it doesn't. Well, when you look when you look at the, the detail, you yeah. can see like 
they're all mushed together. I so guess. feasibly, it could be. It's like counting M and M. Like you know that, that that game where you're like trying to guess how many M and Ms are in a jar. Yeah, it's like that. It is I, like that. I definitely would have guessed less than a thousand. No, I'd say like three to four hundred. Yeah. Okay. So and Daenerys, that's even. That's don't feel even, bad. Yeah. How do you feel about the death of Daenerys? Right. Well, I. So we were just saying that like we weren't sure who got stabbed. Mm-hmm. I. I knew that Daenerys was going to die and I was pretty sure that Jon was going to kill her. But for a second, I was like, Danny doesn't want to fucking risk it. She's going to kill him yeah. hard. Um, she just wanted to like kiss him one more time, you know. Uh, and then and then he stabbed her and I was like, OK. Uh, I guess I thought there was going to be more of a build to it. Like I thought there was either going to be like more music or like maybe more blood. I don't know. Wow. I thought there was just going to be like I th- I felt like this moment was a little anticlimactic. I felt like there could have been more of a build. I agree. I think there should have been a bigger build. It, this happened so quick. One scene, you're being told to kill. The next scene, you you're kill. killing a central character to Game of Thrones, and it it does fall a little flat because it happens so strangely. Daenerys ping pongs from absolute focused mad quote-unquote queen someone who lays fire doesn't have any regard for mercy then when she sees the throne and then sees john let down her guard and becomes a daenerys that we've seen in this earlier in the season it just is inconsistent it feels strange did you notice that at all like some weird inconsistent behavior like daenerys suddenly smiling at the sight of john yeah i felt like her insanity was kind of showing through at this point because she was talking about her childhood, but then also reflecting on like everything that she had to do since then. So there was like this weird flip-flop of like childlike um, sort of hopes and goals, but then also like, but then I had to kill a bunch of people, including children, where I just was like, she's again, unhinged, completely unhinged. Mm -hmm. They did Daenerys dirty. That's all I gotta say. I think so too. I think I think more of a build or more of a fight or something. In the grand scheme of things, I think Daenerys's death or Daenerys's sort of arc between seasons one through eight will definitely be one of the more like frowned upon journeys of the show. Someone who, when you're watching the show, feels ancillary to the main story because it seems like most of the the real meat of the story is happening in the north in king's landing but every time we cut to daenerys it's always been off island dealing with certain characters that are bottled in this specific sort of plot line and the way it ends it feels like an afterthought like they she just f- goes through so much in the last two seasons be like flying her dragons building up an army trying to become the leader of the free world of King's Landing, I mean, and just get stabbed and is that's it. It's just done. Like, that's the final moment for Daenerys. And it just felt weak. I don't know. I wanted more out of that. There was no emotional connection, like Tyrion saying farewell to her, his siblings. It was just a shocking right. stab. I feel like they tried to do that then when the dragon, because the dragon, they're connected the dragon immediately knows that something is wrong. So it comes up, is like nosing at her, like, which I think maybe if I like had watched the show, I, I would have been more emotionally turned by that, especially because it is like a creature. And of course, uh, yeah. we, we've talked about how 
how much more connected I am to those characters. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. The inherent like earnestness of seeing, a, a, I guess, a dog slash dragon sort of nudge like i've seen that in real life and mm-hmm. it's like really touching it's, and like heartbreaking right but i didn't i didn't feel it i i mean they've they've as much. done this thing where they try to really make it seem like daenerys is a mother to these dragons and that's never worked for me partially because they're dragons right and they behave like dragons yeah you never see them playing catch so i just don't have the same like like connection you have would have to a cat or a dog it's like a killing machine. Right. Like the companionship, the the dog as a companion, the dragon as a companion. Exactly. I never felt that either. I think mainly because I've only watched a few seasons. But but if you're not feeling it. Maybe that's just because I don't, I just can't get past someone thinking they're a mom to a dragon. Like to have a sincere belief that, like, you know, like those people who marry their cars, like unironically. Yeah. Like you can't be them i don't know it just seems strange i can't i can't like i mean i know this shows all fantasy right but the thought of like my children these dragons these dragons haven't eaten and i'm gonna report you to your man like it's just silly i can't get into it but maybe that's me right but i i yeah i feel like they were trying to to pull at the emotion by having the reaction of this dragon um and it it just it still didn't work for me even with is is what's his name Dra- dragon dragon you just said dragon i did because what's his name drogon drogon fuck okay. yeah dragon I, is dragon. just a mispronunciation it's a dra- of dragon. but 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 drogon is okay fair enough You're i right. feel like dragon would be a cooler name than drogon okay tomato tomato no okay tomato okay sure always uh tomato no I wasn't feeling like Drogon's emotions when he was lighting things on fire. Like even when he was like melting the throne, like when he first was like flaming it, like I was like, that's going to do nothing. And then it started to melt and I was like, oh, that's not a substantial seat. Yeah. Uh, and then I still didn't really feel maybe because I haven't watched the show. Did you say that's not a substantial seat? Yeah. Seat? Seat. Yeah. What do you mean? That's the Iron Throne. I know. That's what this whole show's That's been That's literally about. what you interrupted me. I was literally saying, maybe because I haven't watched the whole fucking show. It's <laughs> like, I, I'm like, this, I'm not, I guess this Iron Throne's not as impressive as everyone thought it was. Because this was. One mere dragon can melt the Iron Throne. This is one of those things that happens, <laughs> I guess, like, like it will. It's like, for me, it's a pretty iconic image, seeing a dragon melt down the swords of the, that make of the Iron Throne. Pretty iconic. Like, that was a pretty awe-inspiring moment. However, I just didn't get why Drogon didn't just eat Jon Snow. No, I kept waiting for that to happen. I was like, and this is how Jon's going to go out? Really? A fucking dragon? Like, I got mad because I thought they were going to do that. I yeah. thought that that was where the scene was going. The dragon's going to melt the throne and be like, see, bitch, means nothing. Uh, and then gonna eat him. Yeah, I was I was curious to see if Bran would enter the scene and use his warg powers to control the dragon. That never ever happened in the show. Just, right? Yeah, you were like, is Bran gonna control him? And I, I mean, was like, a, I, but I Bran like was already in winter. He was way back in Winterfell. Yeah. I know he can do it from a distance, but like, does he have like a limit? I don't know. Like, I just it just feels like a missed opportunity. You create this plot device where Bran can warg into an animal. And he doesn't do it this final season, except for Ravens, which is so for reconnaissance, I guess, for fun. Who knows? 
John doesn't die. Why do you think the dragon doesn't go after John? I literally don't fucking know. I literally don't know. I don't get it. I I thought, like, you killed my mom. Now I'm going to kill you. Like, I thought the dragon was going to be, like, a petulant child and murder someone, you know. Uh, but but they don't. Why? Yeah. Do you know why? I have no idea either. I mean, there could be something said. Because I think in the books it's uh, it's stated that only Targaryens can ride dragons. But John rode the dragon. Which, but he's a Targaryen, remember? Oh, fuck, fuck. Okay. So maybe I maybe there's like some sort of Targaryen thing in the blood, like, hey, you killed my aunt, but you're also like my brother. So okay, because then I also was like, that dragon can't do jack shit because there's no one there to control it. Like I thought because Daenerys had died, like that dragon's like, well, guess I'm done with everything. Yeah. Guess it's time to close up shop because my mom's dead. Like I thought maybe it just wasn't gonna be like a wild dragon well i guess if you treat drogon as a character let's see where he's come he's seen over the past two seasons his two brothers die his mom has just been perished he's just committed genocide i mean in a way maybe he's sort of learning dragons are intelligent creatures so maybe he i don't know i'm i'm filling in the hose for the show to be honest a little bit of cause a little bit of effect but maybe you don't need to know if it felt did it feel right to you though how about that does anything in the show feel right? Whoa. <laughs> Does it? You're as hot. This is a hot take, just like the hot, hot take. the melted iron throne. Yeah. I I don't know. For me, it didn't bother me that much. No. It's something to nitpick, like if you wanted to nitpick, but it's something that like was confusing, but felt right in a way. I'm not entirely sure if that's me just sort of taking a backseat to this situation because it was a bit unclear but yeah i just i didn't understand like the motivation behind anything with the dragon at this point yeah didn't get it well yeah i mean what happens next is drogon grabs daenerys and flies uh, we learned into the east right i don't know what's over there uh the east (laughs) the east is in the east because later Arya says what's to the west of westeros and they're like i don't know and she's like exactly and i so like what's to the east clearly there's well i think that's where where daenerys came from like marine there's the dothraki area oh so he's just bringing her home i guess so all right who knows then we fade to black it's not for you to decide you are not here to speak everyone has heard enough words from you so it's unclear how much time has passed um but we we start it felt like an intermission break, right? Like this massive thing just happened. Mm-hmm. And then where we see Tyrion with like a more gruffled beard. He's definitely some time has passed. We're just unsure. Grey Worm is leading Tyrion in chains to this sort of conference area, which is a location we saw in the previous scene when Cersei, I, I guess all the leaders met. Cersei, Jon Snow, Daenerys, Sansa, everyone met trying to sort of coordinate their their resources to fight the night king this is something you did not see okay because you asked me you're like does this look familiar and i was like uh it's the ruins like i thought we were in king's landing we are it's like some neutral location that people decided upon to meet okay because yeah then we turn and like everyone's there and i'm like well if it is king's landing it's not king's landing the next day yeah well to to know know where it is this this location has some merit or like some complex backstory that i'm not familiar with but it's like, it's a notable place because this is where the leaders of the world meet. And we see the new leaders of the Seven Realms. 
we see a ton of characters we haven't seen for seasons. Um, and Tyrion is presented to them in what seems to be some sort of trial, like trying to determine his fate. Grey Worm is saying like, okay, you're going to be sentenced to death, I think is what he's saying to Tyrion. And then Sansa's like, but where's Jon? And yeah. then Grey Worm's like, well, we didn't bring him. Is that what he said? <laughs> yeah, like, we he's never not bring here. him. He's, he's in prison. Yeah, he's not here. Which is strange, but... Right, but part of the... Sansa then gets really mad and she's like, I'm pretty sure the agreement was that he was supposed to come to be tried for his crimes. Yeah, but I guess they're, they're only going to settle Tyrion's issues right now. Do you recognize these characters? Um, I recognized, obviously, the Starks. I recognized Yara. Um, and then I feel like maybe... Oh, uh, we saw... What's his name? Uh... Arya's little fuck friend. What's his name? <laughs> Arya's little fuck friend. Gendry. Gendry. He's there because he's... now he's, the leader of the Stormlands, Yeah, he's, he's got some, some merit to his name. What did you call him? Arya's little fuck friend. <laughs> I like that. Thank you. It's not a fuck boy. It's a fuck friend. Fuck friend. Yeah. We're more than friends. We're fuck friends. Yeah. So, okay, those are the characters you recognize. Uh, some of these other characters uh, I'm not too familiar with. Uh, but they are the leaders of the Seven Realms. You got the Starks in the north. Um, Yara with the Iron Isles. Gandry the Stormlands. You see that little boy uh, who's now grown up, a teenager, from, I think, the Vale. I forgot his name. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Nope. There's a boy there who's like a teenage boy in white clothing. Teenage boy in white clothing. I'm remembering like a lot of like... He was, he was a little boy suckling on his mother's teat. Ed the Vell in season two or three. Nope, no memory of that. <laughs> you don't remember that? It was pretty startling, like a uh, like a twelve year old boy. Oh, oh, the tw- wait. How did they shoot that? I guess he's old now. He's wait, but up. how did they shoot that? I don't know. Um, how did they shoot a dragon? <laughs> well, okay, because like Pen Fifteen, you guys should watch Pen Fifteen on yeah. Hulu. Uh, it's thirty three year olds shooting with a bunch of like thirteen year olds. Mm-hmm. Spoiler: There's like a kiss between one of the main characters and the side character, but they Mm -hmm. didn't actually shoot a 33 year old making out with a 13 year old. I just saw that episode. It's so good. Yeah. yeah, The way they shot it, it's very clear that it's not the actors. So is a 12 year old suckling on a woman's breast? Perhaps. Who knows? It's Game of Thrones. This is really weird. This is groundbreaking television. Okay. I'm really uncomfortable. Let's talk about stuff that happens. You see all the, you see all the the leaders of the realms there, right? Um, There's Ed, Edmure Tully. Do you remember him of the Riverlands? Is he the one with a bunch of young wives? No, I don't exactly know his relation to the Starks. But like, where did Samwell find? So you remember Daly? where the the Starks were? I guess the Red Wedding. Ugh. Right. Sure. I think Edmure is somehow related to the 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 twin or the 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 river something about that area he's related to because okay. he was captured and was like used. There's this running gag that he's just sort of like an inadequate man he's like unable to really perform in both uh like leadership roles and like just general war okay so they were just using him as comic relief in here oh okay was that the uncle uh, yeah sort of i don't know i don't remember exactly because sansa says uncle yes sit down yes, exactly oh, okay him yes. got it and you know him from the first few seasons i don't okay he gets captured at the the red wedding Oh, and they don't kill him? No. Cool. They, well, I guess clearly they don't. Duh. <laughs> there he is. Hi. 
and so they're sort of debating who's in charge with uh, Daenerys out of the picture. She's dead. So there, there's a, a power vacuum, right? They're, they're not sure who will lead the world and who will basically sentence Tyrion for his crimes of treason against the queen. And Tyrion suggests, we need a leader. Why don't you guys pick someone? You guys are the power, most powerful people in the world. Pick someone. And they're like, oh, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Nobody really wants to like stand up or say anyone's name. Except for... What, Edmure Tully right. of the Riverlands, yes. I believe. He stands up, and this comedy just does not work for me. I don't feel like it fits. It was not funny. In the world Game of Thrones? Yeah. I mean, I do like the bit where Sansa's like, sit down, uncle. Right, that was funny. But like his like physical humor of like the sword hitting the, the staff, it was just strange. It just, it felt awkward, but in a way where I was like, can we please move on to the next part? Yeah. Which I was just uncomfortable. It wasn't funny. You know how like in Marvel movies you interject like some humor to sort of uh, suck out the tension of I certain things? I actually don't because I've only ever seen one. <laughs> well, you've seen Avengers Endgame. Yes. Yeah. So there's like lots of humor in there, right? That work. But it fits in that sort of story. Yeah. And this, it just felt silly. Yeah. No, it just, it was, yeah, it was awkward and I didn't appreciate yeah. it. And Tyrion suggests that Bran be the new king of the the Seven Realms. What? Yeah, and I feel like I've heard a few people joke where they're like, what if Bran ends up the leader? And everyone's like, yeah, that would be so funny. Oh, my God. weird thing. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's so weird. I mean, Sansa. Why not Sansa be I know. the leader? I thought they were going to be like, Sansa would be a good leader. And I'm like, yeah, she would be. She would be a great leader. There was no, I mean, it just was so strange that Bronn, who had done not nothing. Not Bronn, Bran. Did I say Bronn? You did. Oh my God, you got me. No, you, you're, you're, you trying, you're trying to fuck me up though, because I got confused when you're like, Bronn did yeah, this yeah. thing. Well done, you got me. Bronn is there, right? No, he's not in that scene. Wait. Isn't he the leader of something? Later. But oh. we don't see him in this scene. Wait, when do we see him? Later. Okay. When Tyrion becomes the Hand of the King. Oh, yeah, But yeah, right yeah. now, yeah. the king is not decided. Yes. But Bran? Bran. We can't forget. Show me his resume. What, I know. What has he led? Well, I think that was what they were saying was like... Brand the broke. I know, but we we can't forget. I, what I also like his titles, Brand the Broken. It's I like, know that's gonna like you don't have to let that. I mean, if you want, it's up to you. I thought it was weird too. That's your defining title, Brand no. the Broken, not Brand the Three Eyed Raven or Brand Seer of all humanity's yeah. history. Okay, Brand the Broken. Brand the Broken. But, but we I guess, we yeah. can't forget what happened before that, where what people were trying they were trying to decide. Well, how do we decide who's king? And then Samwell's like, well, maybe we shouldn't decide because we're not the only people. Like, pretty much saying, like, hey, democracy. Like, it was an early idea for democracy. Yeah. And then everybody just dropped their pants and took a giant shit on him. <laughs> and they're like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You're so stupid, Why, Sam. Well, you think my horse should vote? <laughs> like, just... Like if if all humans can vote, you think you think horses should vote? Like some really backwards. <laughs> if I'm not shit. mistaken, you're laughing at this though, weren't you? I was because I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, Sam, you fucking dummy." Like that's something that would work. I mean, it hardly works in modern society, but it's definitely not going to work in fucking Game of Thrones land. Yeah. No. So that yeah, is a bad idea. They laughed man. his idea off. Yeah. 
But it's not something that could not be considered down the line, right? Well, I think that's what they're hoping for is like, I mean, later, because that's Tyrion in a way is like finding the compromise of like everyone voting and what like because he says a leader shouldn't be born is is what Tyrion is saying kind mm-hmm. of qualifies Bran. A leader shouldn't be born. A leader should be chosen. So while not every single person is voting, but you're not just born into being king. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, yeah. He even implied that the children of kings can have been known, including himself. Yeah, have been be fucking shit. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. So Bran is. Uh, unanimously supported but uh, except yeah well i mean sansa still supports his. right she's like you what did she say she said you don't want to be king or you would make a great king i don't remember she says something but then she's like but i think honestly independent we got to be independent yeah no the north is going to be independent which has no consequences strange like it's just that i know easy. i was like how come yara's like actually we want to be independent too like how come yeah. everybody is like on like, board oh, so i guess we're we're gonna be dependent i guess yeah i it didn't make sense to me um i feel it, like maybe because she's the only one that could get away with it yeah i don't know i mean the whole structure of this scene is so bizarre because they're making a world shattering like revelation here right this is well you know determine the future of westeros and everyone is sort of making this decision in less than a minute Feels yeah it happens bizarre. really quickly and it's yeah whatever brand's the king brand makes Tyrion the hand of the king and Tyrion's like i don't want to do that i did a bad job and even gray worm's like there needs to be justice mm-hmm. and then and brand's like well his 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 punishment is to serve as the hand of the king for the rest of his life. Right. He has to making, clean up the messes that he's made. Yeah. And Grey Worm's just like, Ugh, sure, <laughs> whatever. Right. Yeah. It just seemed like a. Ugh. I'm also kind of pissed because Grey Worm never dies and I wanted to see him die. You wanted to see Grey Worm die? Yeah. Why? Fuck that guy. He was following the queen. He's the only loyal person in this episode. Okay, loyal to a fucking bad shit. Like, everybody surrendered, and then he was like, kill everyone. Just do it. Let's just fucking murder them with their weapons on the ground. And yeah. then he does it, and then he's a dickhead because of it. Fuck well, you. Well, he, he's, he's, he agrees. Sure, whatever. He doesn't, though. He begrudgingly is like, uh, okay, yeah. uh, yeah. Um... I guess some time has gone by since the meeting because Tyrion goes to meet Jon Snow and he's like cleaned up, right? He's got the Hand of the King emblem on his shoulder. Right. I'm sure he's had like one shower. Yeah. Or just one towel. Yes. Same. Whatever Arya did to get all that dead ash off her face. Just enough. Same thing. Um, And Tyrion sort of tells Jon Snow the outcome of the, the sort of the negotiations for his fate and it's clear that no one is happy because if he walks a, a free man war if he s- gets executed or stays imprisoned any longer it's war also so the compromise was to send him to the north to become one with the night's watch once again and i have to ask because i don't know a couple episodes ago, I was asking if the Night King was the Night King or the Knight King, like a like a K Knight. Yeah. Uh, is the Knights? Is it the Knights Watch or the Knights Watch or the Knights Watch? It's the Knights Watch because they're watching the night. No, they're not. <laughs> and but they're not 
knights. They're not knights. Okay. Well, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, this is a punishment. It is a, quite a nice thing well, to be a, a knight. Most bastards and like people who, like, in the world of Game of Thrones, if you have done something wrong, you can either pay the fine or pay your time in jail or something, or you can just tell the judge, like, hey, I'd like to just go to the Night's Watch. I would like to serve my, my sentence there. And. So it's uh, it obviously wouldn't be the Knight's Watch. N- I guess no, it would not. It's it's basically it's abandoned misfits. Yeah, but you the, redeem the yourself watch. by becoming a honorable Knight's Watchman, or like you know, like okay. you become a guard. But are there Knights of the Night Watch? No. Okay. No. Is there like a King of the? Knight? Yeah, there's the Watch Commander, okay. which what John was. So there are commanders. Mm-hmm. But Grey Worm's not one, or maybe he is. He's, I don't know. Ugh. I don't know. I haven't moved on from that. I clearly have not. We see Jon Snow walking down the piers, Santa Monica Pier, sort of seeing everyone boat load their boats. <laughs> the Santa Monica Pier. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the Ferris wheel in the background? No, but I saw everybody throwing their fucking cigarette butts into the ocean <laughs> the way that they do. Don't do that. Don't do it. It's fucking rude. Yeah. Uh, I don't think any of the Unsullied do that because they don't smoke, but we see Grey Worm witness Jon Snow Walk away, a Scott free man. I like, kept waiting rah, 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 rah. for somebody to just stab John. Really? Like, I thought yeah. I was like this. I was like this. This has not been. You've been really burned by the show, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm like this hasn't been crazy enough. I I don't trust it. Someone's just gonna be like, you know what, John? Fuck you. And they're just gonna stab him because they're like, Danny, you you really fucked up, man. Yeah. I thought either Grey Worm was gonna do it or someone sent by Grey Worm. And then I thought maybe Grey Worm was going to die himself, and then he didn't, and then I was still unfulfilled. Yeah, well, he I guess he just accepts the fate of Jon Snow, and he's like, okay, we're going to Noth. Nath? North? I don't know where that is. I rem- I feel like we've seen that on the show before. I think that's where they might be from. No, I think they're from Marine. I don't know. They're Well, they're going somewhere cool that's like big in the books, been in the show for a little bit. Sure. I don't remember that. Sure, I don't know. So that's the last we see of Grey Worm. The then John approaches his siblings. He is saying goodbye to everybody, and he says goodbye to Sansa, and that she truly has set the North free, has saved them. He checks in with Arya, and he says he says to her, "Will you come visit me?" And she's like, "Well, I kind of can't." And he's like, "Well, nobody, the North is independent. You can do whatever you want, and you really think that anyone's going to tell you what to do?" And she's like, mm-hmm. "Well." What's west of Westeros? This is when she says that. And then he's like, I don't know. Yeah. And then she's like, they have this really weird, I feel like the camera was on them too long because she was like kind of welling up, but yeah. like not enough where she cries. She cries, but I kind of feel like it just, I don't know. The, I feel like the camera sat a little too long. I feel like wow. it, it could have been a little quicker. Nitpicky I'm very Caroline. nitpicky. I don't know. I've, I, yeah. This This scene worked for me. It was just like a very nice culmination of, the last time these the Stark siblings will see each other. Yeah. They've been separated since season one. Yeah. For them to be reunited to fight against the dead, to go through all this stuff, to finally see that they are going their own ways. Which, have you seen the ending of the Lord of the Rings trilogy? I've seen the first one. Well, the final movie ends with the Hobbits sort of sending their farewell to Frodo. So this scene Spoiler reminded alert. me of that. Yeah. Spoiler. Oh my God. God, whatever. It's been out for 15 fucking years. It's been years. out long enough. <laughs> it's been out, I don't know how long. But yeah, very reminiscent of that final farewell, Frodo farewell. Um, 
Except this time, Jon Snow's saying farewell to the Starks. Yes, and also apologizing to Bran. And Bran's like, you did exactly what you should have, or something. Which was his like fourth line in this entire episode. Right, right? he says nothing. And Jon Snow goes, bye-bye. We then cut to Brienne. She is sitting, flipping through a book. I think it has not all the old kings, but is it like the notable stories? It, it of... is It is uh, the Book of Knights, right? It's, oh, the Book of Knights. I don't know if that's the official term, but oh, it's basically fuck. a catalog of all the knights. Um, you see names that we've seen before, like Barristan Helmy, I think. He's, I don't think you've ever met him. I kept trying to like read things very quickly, and then I realized that I was not supposed to be doing well, they're, that. They're, no, some of them are slight references to knights we've seen in the show. But I don't I don't think you know most of these knights. Um, they may have just come and gone in the seasons afterwards. Or maybe you've seen all little bits of them in the first few seasons. But they were nice little callbacks to those knights. Brienne is updating Jamie's Zanga knight. <laughs> is that a reference people will get? I had a Zanga yeah, and I talked about it really this week, honestly. So I think it's timely. <laughs> yeah. So she is just cataloging, updating the records. And the the really interesting thing is the final line of she writes. Um, he died for his queen. Yeah. I have a reading on this scene. I'm curious what you think. Um. Well, she's super emotional the whole time that she's writing it. She's kind of like, I feel like holding back her tears. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she writes very detailed because she goes onto a second page. It looks like most of these nights, it's kept to one page. But yeah. She really details all of his triumphs and really all like a lot of the different parts of his journey. It is very, very long and, and detailed. And then ending it with, he died for his queen. There's a few things behind that. She knew when he left that he was going to be with Cersei, that they weren't going to end up together, that he loved her pretty much. Like, he died for his queen. He died for the woman that he was in love with. Mm -hmm. He died for the thing that was most important to him. Yeah. This was the only way that he would have died was for her. And so that is what he set out to do. Do you think... Because Brienne smiles. There's like this like wistful, positive energy. Uh, that's how I read it. Like oh. when she wrote that. And she okay. was like pretty happy. And there's this like notion that knights have to serve their duty. Jamie's sort of record was tarnished by the fact that he was known as the Kingslayer. He broke the knight's code by turning on the king. But saving, but in doing so, saving the the world from the Mad King, Ares. So I think in a way, there's like a connection point there, which is, if that's what they're trying to draw a connection to. Oh, I see. Like he was the Kingslayer, but he died for his queen. Yeah. Ah. And so maybe she's like, I respect that because this is something I've been so committed to. I've been so yeah. committed to saving and serving yeah. my my duty. So I'm like, that's weird. Like, is that the positive note that we're going to end on? Like, Brienne respects that? Sa- serving I, the queen, who was a crazy me, person? I didn't, I didn't get that from her at all being like, I didn't get that smile. I To me, it seemed like she was still mourning the loss of this 
great companion that she she ended up falling in love with him for sure i think she was just really mourning the loss of this person yeah and that's why she did that effort of writing his whole story and ending it because he did want to die with his nightly duties intact yeah i I think it was a nice gesture for brianne to write died serving the queen or saving the queen something like that yeah because it does maintain his legacy and a note on legacy Tywin Lannister, the father, the patriarch of the Lannisters, has been so obsessed with maintaining his legacy. You know, everything he does is not necessarily necessarily for his family, but for his legacy. And it's funny that Jamie is getting the legacy treatment. He is getting the books written about him. Tywin, nowhere to be seen, nowhere to be heard. No one remembers him. It's just a different book, probably. Maybe. But it's interesting because you see that notion echoed in Tywin. Tyrion, not Tywin, Tyrion, when he gets presented a book called A Song of Ice and Fire, and he asks, where's my mention? I was, this whole scene, I got super confused because it opens, he's sitting at the table, and he's sitting for a second, and then he gets up and he straightens all the chairs, and I'm like, I don't know why he's doing that. And then everyone comes in and fucks up all the chairs. I'm like, oh, comic relief. I get it. They're trying to add some levity. Okay, whatever. I don't know if it works, but fine. What's the first day of his job? He wants it to be perfect. Right, it's got to be good. Mm-hmm. And then and then Sam is like wearing a weird robe. I don't know why. Because he, so all of them have earned top ranking positions. You know how like the White House has a cabinet? Yeah. They all have cabinet positions. Okay. Um, so let me run down the names for you. Oh, okay. Sam has become. Oh, what? you know this? I heard it. I oh. listened to the episode. <laughs> I watched the show. He's like, where did you get this information from? This is secret info. Okay. Uh, Davos has become the master of ships. Okay. Bronn has become the master of coin. Okay. And Sam has become the grand maester or the archmaester. Okay. Do these words mean anything to you? Well, I... I... No. (laughs) No, they don't. So Bronn is in charge of the money. Yes. The budget. Okay, yeah. Davos is in charge of the the ships, which I think is just like manufacturing, like agriculture or whatever oh i thought he was like bro yeah i mean the commander of the boat yeah army. i think that i think that might be it too i don't know exactly the okay. title but and then samuel is just like the maester he's sort of like the historian the, history, the record yeah. keeper the, the the man who's in touch with okay the heart and the soul scholars. of the city yes, yes. exactly okay Boom. but then okay so then brianne joins brianne joins um but but she's she, the knight She's the leader of the knights. I yes. Guess. I think there's a term for that, but I forgot what it's called. But Tyrion's asking about his representation. In the book. In the book. And then he's like, probably not represented very well now, am I? Ha ha. And then flipping through. And then he says something else. And everyone's really awkwardly quiet. And then Sam's like, I don't think you're in there. And then I'm mad for Tyrion because I'm like, how the fuck can you tell this fucking story? And not have him in it. If it's the story, if it's the story of Game of Thrones from season one, yeah, is that what this is? I don't know. I think it's the story. No, like how far a, back does it go? It's a historical perspective. It's a historical reading of everything that happened after Robert's Robert Baratheon's uh, rebellion onto where we are now. Okay, so so the Battle of the Five King or the Five Armies. Something like I no, that's a Hobbit movie. <laughs> no, but there's wow. there's a battle where like the whole world is in peril after Robert Baratheon's death like everyone's trying to lay claim to the throne but it's it's everything since then yes and he's been like the hand of the whoever right the hand of the whoever yeah be respectful her name was 
Daenerys. But he also Mother of Dragons, was Breaker he, of Chains. Uh, you will honor her name even in death, Caroline. Okay. But wasn't he also for Cersei as well? Uh, no. Oh. He was he was sort of the hand of, the master of coin for a little bit. Okay, because I wasn't here for any of those episodes. I was just I don't know grasping at straws. No, he trying he it was, on for size. No, okay. He was responsible for cleaning the sewers, I believe. Like he gave, he was like his his dad Tywin gave he when he Tywin was the hand of the king, serving under King Joffrey or some other. Wait, one of Tywin. His, Tywin, the father. Yeah, he was the hand of the king. What I don't. Tyrion just had a cabinet position. What are you talking about? This Ty- is you know this. No, I. This happened in season three. I don't remember that season. Tywin is the hand of the king, Who serving is- Prince Joffrey or King Joffrey. Wait, but isn't Joffrey his grandson? Yeah, but he's not. He doesn't have a a right to the throne. Oh my god! I always forget Joffrey that Tywin is the son of Bra- Robert right, Baratheon, right. but he's secretly forget, the son. I always of Jamie forget Matt. that Tywin has no fucking rights. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. God damn it. Okay. That makes a lot more sense than, yeah. that Tywin would be Hand of the King. Okay. But but the fact that Tyrion is not in this book anywhere, I'm like, how do you write this book? Is there like, do they do the thing that like whenever movies are made out of books where they just combine characters to save <laughs> save time and space? Maybe. Um, or maybe he just didn't have... The thing is like his noteworthy contributions may have know. been like reduced to nothing because like when he did heroic acts protecting king's landing from stannis's invasion in the battle of blackwater no one really thanks him he's sort of regulated to the shadows no one knows what he did and then when he betrays um cersei and tywin and uh flees to go help daenerys who is i guess who who's keeping records of that stuff because they're all dead that's what I'm saying. So it's not really Tyrion's inclusion in the story makes sense, oh, or lack of inclusion wait, makes I sense. Don't agree with you. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I, I think it's silly that he's not in the book, but it's just an interesting thing to connect back to legacy because Lannisters are so, like, focused and obsessed with their image and their legacy. The fact that Tyrion doesn't—he doesn't have one now. No, but I think that's sort of his journey after the conclusion of game of thrones he is gonna make his everything right now got it so i think that was sort of like a nice little moment of like yeah, uh, this is my chance this is my chance to make something good i guess that makes sense because as the scene was going on i was like i don't know what's going on i don't know what's happening is this important this doesn't seem important oh it's incredibly important you're <laughs> laying down the pieces for the finality of game of thrones where everyone's at and i can't believe that Braun became the master of coin. That's so. I thought he was supposed to have what? The Reach. He, he was, was going to have his own. But I thought he was going to get something nicer than the Reach. Oh. Uh, wasn't the like, veil? I don't know. Something. Yeah, like he comes in. You were pissed that he had the crossbow. And he's like, all right, dude's got to fucking yeah. kill you. And you're I like, can't believe. oh, why? Yeah. So he was rewarded by Tyrion and as said, the master of coin. Okay. Which is probably an upgrade. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. But it just seems like more work. Braun doesn't seem like someone that wants to work. What That's is, what I'm saying. It doesn't make sense. Anyway. Whatever. It doesn't matter. That bothered not, me. Because yeah. like he last time we saw them, he wanted to kill Tyrion and Jaime. He what? had to. What? He had to. Who? Bron? Bron. No, he didn't. Well, 
He had been hired to do <laughs> but so. Cersei lost. He's he knew that. He didn't have to do all that. Anyways, that whole thing was dumb, contrived, and now we're here. Whatever. Podrick wheels in Bran, and so we see that Podrick has become a knight. Wait, Podrick doesn't wheel him in. Brienne wheels him in. Podrick oh, wheels him it. out. Get it right, Okay, dude. okay. I'm well, the, st- the the fact stands, Podrick, Podrick has become a knight, which is a pretty cool sight. He's always been like a squire, like a helper, like useless in the battlefield. Now he's like a... He's like the personal guard in a way. Proper, proper guy in a proper knight's suit. What do they wear? Armor. Armor. Mm -hmm. And so you didn't really get that Bran was going to go find Drogon. Nope. I mean, you're like, why are they? Why? What was the point of this meeting? Yeah. (laughs) Could have just been an email. (laughs) Because he rolls in. And then I feel like, is that where Tyrion says, why am I not in the book? Or what he, he yeah, said. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like, yeah, Bran's wheeled in. Tyrion's like, why am I not in it? And then Bran's like, cool, see you later. Yeah. And that's it. Well, he asked about the dragon. And he's I like, I don't it's remember that part. He's like, okay, I guess I'll, I'll see if I can find him. So Bran is leaving his kingdom? No, I think he's going to like ward into a bird. I don't know. It's unclear. Okay. He's the king, but he also wants to find out where the dragon is because that poses the the single greatest threat to his reign. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Then we have like these inner cuts of what's happening with all of the various Starks. Sansa is getting suited up in some really quite fashionable. Robes. She looks like Daenerys when she uh, at Winterfell. Don't. It's white. Okay. She's embraced Daenerys' but, but white clothing. I feel like it's I mean, more she's, gray. She's like Daenerys, but make it fashion. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, so she is then just being crowned queen. It's really cool. It's really beautiful. The king of the north. The queen of the yeah, north. The queen of the north. The queen of the north. And then we see Arya on the ships and it has the Stark. Is it? I don't want to call it a logo because that's not what it is. <laughs> In a way, it's a logo, but it's the, the banner. The banner. Yeah, yes. the Stark banner. So that's that's on the sail, which is cool. We don't know where she's going, but she's you know what? She's going west to explore the she. land of the west world. Yes. She'll, she's likely going to die. <laughs> like, oh, for sure. There's nothing there's only there. one bad storm and it's fucking curtains. Yeah. Bye. But I mean, what else does she... Like, it makes sense for her to like... She Right. She's not going to... I thought... Okay. I got scared for her for one sec when John, back on the dock, when he's like, where are you going? Or come visit me. And she's like, well, I can't. I thought she was going to be like, I'm actually getting married to Gendry. Like, yeah, I, thought I was, she was worried about I that I thought too. she was going to say some dumb shit. I know. I thought that was going to happen too. Yeah. I totally feel you. I was like, oh no, don't I was do like, that. if she ends up with her fuck friend Gendry... I'll be sad. Yeah. Um, but she doesn't. She's sailing off, exploring the world. Yeah. And then John arrives to, is it the wall? Yeah, the wall. The wall. And he's reunited with Tormund, and he finally pets his wolf. Yes. His dire wolf. He fi- and you turned to me, and you're like, do you think that this was a, <laughs> that was a reshoot? And I honestly, like, as I was watching, I was like, they had to have fucking shot this after the fact. You, They, have, it they just had seemed, to. Yeah. There was, so for those that don't know, there was a lot of, backlash for Jon Snow not saying saying farewell to his dog his com, his compadre yeah. yeah and then here he is giving him a big old fluff maybe this is what they were setting up the entire time I know I think they're like you guys are fucking complaining yeah. just fucking wait <clears throat> and then and then here but we it, are but it does feel like a reshoot though yeah I, I, for I'm, sure I want to call someone and find out I know sure. give him a call yeah um unfortunately no 
Bran involved in this cross cutting. We don't get to no, see him. He's like, I'm gonna go hang out. I'm gonna go try to find the dragon. And then honestly, it'd, it'd be so funny if they did cross cut to Bran where he's just sitting in a wheelchair, just just looking out, white eyes, and just nothing. What else. he normally does, which is nothing. Yeah, yeah that would be funny. But um, but no, yeah. we just stay with John. He pets Ghost, and then he goes beyond the wall. Uh, he's there with Tormund, mm-hmm. who, if you guys don't know, Tormund is a wildling. And then there's like a bunch. There's a bunch of people dressed very similarly. You know who Tormund is. You recognize him I now. did. But then, I know, finally, last last episode, last chance. And mm-hmm. then they're walking, a group of people is there with them. And I turned to Albert and I'm like, are they all wildlings? And he was like, mm, pretty sure <laughs> they're all wildlings. They look like it. Yeah. Yeah. And so Game of Thrones ends where it begins, just beyond the wall. Do you remember how episode one, the pilot opened? The White Walkers and their mm-hmm. creepy eyes. You, you, yeah, you see the, the, the watchman beyond the wall. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, it was the guy, the hello, boop, yeah. but not that guy. The guy with the eye that keeps falling out mm. from Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Something like that. That yeah. actor. I don't think it's the same he, actor. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Okay. But I watched kidding. it recently. But yeah, the, it ends where it begins, just beyond the wall in the snow. Jon Snow. I thought it was going to start cutting into The Revenant because The Revenant has a very similar opening shot with trees. Oh, Unfortunately, yeah. it's actually in a river. There's uh-huh. water reflection. Unfortunately, But yeah. it is... I was like, are we going to like botch The Revenant now? Because I, I fucking hope not. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the ending of Game of Thrones. That's it. How do that's you feel? Uh, yeah. Uh, a little... Like, like I don't want to say unfulfilled because I'm just I'm just like really unaffected right now. Yeah. Like I, the past few weeks, um, like I felt, like I I felt something, um, like I felt upset last week because I was like, how could Daenerys do that? The week before, there were some moments where I got like really mad. There was never a moment really in this episode where I felt any like sense of an intense emotion I was kind of just like flatlining the whole time which I feel like is not ideal um I mean but that's your truthful response that's just yeah but I also know that I'm probably feeling like not much because I haven't been here for the whole ride so maybe that's my bad yeah I mean I was moved purely by the 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 baggage I brought into the show which was this some of the most terrific tv up to season five, I would say. Yeah. So carrying that into this episode made a lot of those sort of farewells, those final moments pretty poignant. But if you think about it too hard, and at this point I'm definitely less committed to liking the show. Not that wow. I'm actively trying to dislike it. Yeah. But it's just like... You're not a hater. I'm not a hater. It's just truly disappointing. Okay. And I can only... like. That is probably the most brutal thing I can say about the show, because if like if someone said that to me, like I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. That sucks. It's worse than being mad because yeah. it's like it had so much potential to be sublime, to be yeah. the incredible f- ending for the show that preceded it. But unfortunately, it wasn't. But at the same time, I'm happy that it is done. I'm happy that I was on the journey, and like, that's what sort of Tyrion sort of makes his plea for brand it's like people don't care about who you are or where you're from they care about your story right yeah game of thrones disregarding the final season and arguably the the previous season before that it was just a tremendous story and i will forever remember 
certain moments from Game of Thrones. They're burned into my eye. They're burned as the lexicon of the larger culture. And it is a triumph that this show ever got made in the first place. And to see where it went was just a sight to see. Disappointing ending, but loved every moment of the journey. Actually, that's not true. I was going to say, I feel like you just listed a whole list of complaints. I just like that. I, I do think back to Game of Thrones fondly. Despite my qualms with the last few seasons, it is something that I will cherish forever. Something I will revisit forever. I just have fun making a podcast out of it. Like, I have a deep appreciation for the show, for the characters, for the audience behind it, because I really feel like the show is driven so much by the fans. Yeah. At this point, I feel like people have the watch parties, they make the food, they have the the quizzes, the bingo, the drinking games. Yeah. Um, so I really appreciate the culture that has sort of uh, grown behind the show. And then I think it, it gave me the ability, it gave us the ability to like do this kind of weird recap podcast yeah. because there are people that watch the show that listen to the podcast. And then there are people that have told me that they don't watch the show, but they still listen to the podcast or they started watching just the last season. Um, just like you. Just like me. Um, so I, I I, think that Game of Thrones has definitely set itself apart from, from TV. Cinematically, it is such a strong piece of media. But then I also think, again, the culture that it, it has sort of created and fostered is something so different from, from any show or movie series. There'll never be a moment where everyone on a Monday morning will be discussing Game of Thrones by their water cooler. I don't think any show will have the same amount of pool that Game of Thrones has. With the emerging media landscape, with things all premiering all at once on Netflix or Hulu, with shows uh, having pretty niche cultures around them, like every, every show is getting more and more specific, more and more tailored to specific views. Game of Thrones was sort of capture the entire global audience in a way that I, I don't think will be ever recaptured again. I think you put it kind of perfectly. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Um, well, I had such a good time watching the show with you and, and doing this recap. Likewise. With you. It was so fun um, watching and breaking it down and then having so many questions and you were able to answer so many of them. Not enough, in my opinion. <laughs> But I had so many, so I don't, I feel like the only way that the questions could have been answered is if I just, you know, buck the fuck up and sit the fuck down and watch the show myself. Yeah. Um, But it's just been fun. And I really want to say, like, thank you. Like, I have been talking about doing a podcast for so long and just having ideas and, and finally I was like, this is the one. And I asked you, like, I first asked you, do you watch Game of Thrones? And then you said yes. And I was like... Oh, wait, I think my first question was, <laughs> do you want to do a podcast? And you're like, sure. And I was like, do you watch Game of Thrones? And you're like, yeah. And I was like, okay, perfect. <laughs> and you like said yes before you knew what it was, which I was super stoked about. But I just want to say thank you for like going on this ride with me because it's, there's a lot. It's a lot doing a podcast. It's a lot explaining the whole 
plot of Game of Thrones <laughs> week by week, uh, incident by incident. And, and I just, it's been really fun. Caroline, no need to thank me. It's been an honor and a privilege to be able to watch Game of Thrones with you. Your reaction to the show has reminded me how impressive it is to an outside viewer, someone who has not watched the show, but also how flat it can fall for certain people as well. Yeah. But all the, I guess, the the stress and anxiety and thrills that Game of Thrones provided uh, watching the shows with you have been such an enjoyable experience. And doing the podcast, all above I rate it two thumbs up. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I know. It's two thumbs way up. Yeah. Um, I'd like to extend this thank you, though, to all our listeners. Yes. I'm, we started with very little knowledge yeah. of p- podcasts. We didn't know how to set a gain on a or We didn't know how much gain we needed on the microphone. We didn't know that we should do mouth warm-ups. We didn't know we needed two mics, one for pop each of filters. us. Pop filters. Didn't know. And so all of you who have supported us from the beginning knowing that game of thrones there are so many game of thrones recaps out there or spins riffs on game of thrones in podcast form and you know there's so many podcasts and for you to take time out of your busy schedules to listen to us two fans right maybe one fan yeah one and a half one and a half week by week yeah has been such a a delight and a, a a treat like i'm so appreciative of everyone who's listened and i'm so glad you're there from the beginning yeah or just starting right now yeah because this is not the end of heinously uninformed correct no it's not we don't know what exactly we want to do next we're gonna do a couple of movies this summer if you haven't listened to our avengers endgame recap please go listen to it because I think it's really funny. It's very fun, yeah. And I think we're going to do a couple more. If you guys have any recommendations, um, please let us know. Yes. Because we're taking any any opinions and recommendations. Yeah. We're going to be taking a short break. You know, this is the end. It's like Game of Thrones uh, being sort of unrivaled in its sort of TV phenomenon. It's going to be difficult for us to return to cover a TV show as as an event as Game of Thrones was every Sunday. Uh, so with that said, we'd love recommendations. Uh, we're also brainstorming different approaches or um, ways to tackle the podcast. They might not be TV related. They could be activities. They could be movies. They could be books. They can be anything we want it to be. Yeah. Um, and I'm really looking forward to getting into those, trying different things. Um, so definitely subscribe so that the next time we upload an episode, you will know right away. You can also, you can follow me on Instagram. I always am posting about the podcast. I'm at Caroline Danger on Instagram and I'm at Caroline is Rad on Twitter. Albert, where are you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Flipping Mex. And I've been like throwing out this idea to Caroline that I want to start my own little project I'm not entirely sure what form it's going to be taking on, but I'm basically going to be watching 52 uh, films uh, that are video game inspired or based off video games. Video game inspired movies. Correct. That's Tomb the Raider. better way of saying that. And Resident Evil, Street Fighter. Silent I'm watching Hill. all these because I want to answer the burning question. Why are all video game movies bad? And I know you're going to say Detective Pichu is not bad. It's bad. Okay. 
that's my hot take. I think all of them are bad. <laughs> and I, but I really want to look at it critically. I want to sort of see patterns in these movies. I want to see what these movies are doing to make them so bad. Are they really bad? Let's find out. Maybe upon revisiting movies, I will learn something new. Or maybe I'll just find the golden key to making the best, the best video game movie. And maybe Sonic will break the curse. Who knows? I don't think it will. But I don't know. Maybe don't judge a book by its cover. Don't judge a book by its Sonic. Yeah. Well, definitely follow Albert so you can keep up with all of his updates on that for sure. Yeah. Um, And again, I want to give a special shout out to my friend Russ Haskins for our intro theme for this Game of Thrones podcast. So you can follow him on Instagram. He's at the busker is dead. And I think that's about it. I think that's everything that we needed to do is this yeah is this, this the is end? our farewell this, this is, is this is john this is we're walking into the northern abyss or the uncharted waters of the, the, west, the west of westeros yeah or maybe i'm like brand's third eye yeah or maybe we're the dragon heading or maybe east. we're the yeah who knows but yeah. this has been the conclusion of game of thrones we hope you enjoyed our recaps week to week and we know we enjoyed talking to all our friends and family who took a listen Yes, and even the strangers that that our friends and family told. Speak for yourself, Caroline. I know. My mom told me not to talk to strangers. Oh, uh, I think my mom encouraged it. (laughs) She's like, get to know the world. Go out. Yeah. Um, But again, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And subscribe, review, check back. We will be back. We will return. Yes. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, hell, brand the broken. First of his name, King of the Andals and the First Men, Lord of the Six Kingdoms, and Protector of the Realm.